Okay, Boker Tov. Let us continue the word. Moed Katan Tesayinam at Aleph. We were discussing the last thing. What is Hardafa? Hardafa is you excommunicate him once, and then a second time, and then you give a harder way. A third is a cheirim, a harder way after sixty days. That was one opinion. Amalei Rav Huna Bar Rav Huna Bar says, "Hachi Yomar Rav Chista." This is what Rav Chista said. This is the three steps, and they don't get that much time. Masrin Bay Shani, we warned the disobedient individual on Monday, and we immediately excommunicate him. That's it. Then we don't wait thirty days. Bechamishi, if he doesn't do tshuva, we warn again on Thursday, and we excommunicate him again. And then Vesheni, and if he's still unrepentant by the following Monday, we put him on a cherem. And why are we picking Monday, Thursday, and Monday? Because those are the days that the courts were in session, obviously. So this all explains its way. It's Rashi, the way Tosus understands it. So it comes out the machlokas is like this. According to Yehuda, the, what we had yesterday, it's necessary to wait 30 days between the first two Nidui bands and between the second Nidui band and the Cheru. According to Rav Chista, the court only waits every time it's in session. Monday, Thursday, Monday. Or it could be Thursday, Monday, Thursday. In the video, most Yishonim ever, Rav Chista is saying that before the imposition of even the first Nidui band, the disobedient individual must be given three warnings. That's a different interpretation completely. Monday, Thursday, and the following Monday. Only then do the regular sanctions of Rabiuta come in. So therefore, according to this opinion, there's no machlokas. It starts Monday, Thursday, Monday, then first 30 days, second 30 days, and then cherem. So there's two ways of understanding that. Now, this whole thing of waiting 30 days or whatever, how many days we say it is, Sigmar says, this, Mili, when do we, we're going to now qualify Rav Chista's ruling? That's only Limamona, the cases of monetary cases. We give warnings when the defendant refuses to pay a monetary judgment. Okay? So that's where we do these things. Aval la but for showing contempt to the Torah or to a Torah scholar, then la alter it's done immediately. So now again, so if, let's say according to the second shot, we give warnings on Monday, Thursday, Monday, and if then he still doesn't pay back, okay, then we we put him in cherem. But if we're talking about kavodat Torah. You don't wait nothing. You just give it to him right away. And now we have a story. Ha'hu tavcha. There was a certain butcher. The ispakar barav tovi bar masna. Who acted with chutzpah towards rav tovi bar masna. Imnu alei abay rava. Abay and rava were appointed to investigate the matter. And obviously with a third rabbi. Because you have to have three to be a judge. But I guess they were third person wasn't as important as a in a Rava to check it out. And when they found out the evidence was correct, they shamtu and they excommunicated him. Okay. Now Lissov at the end, Ozel Paisalabaldini, the butcher went and appeased uh Rev Bar Masna. He said, I'm sorry, this or that, and he 
accepted the apology. That was the story. Omar Abai, Abai now said to the colleagues, Hey, Chiliavid, how should this matter now be handled? Lishrele, should we release him from the excommunication? We can't do that. Why? Because the Chal Shamta Aleya Talsin Yomim. The Shamta ban, that first step of excommunication, has not been 30 days. Now, at this point, Abai holds, once you put him in, he has to be for 30 days. That's what Abai was saying. First step of, of Shamta is 30 days, and it hasn't been 30 days. But, Lo Yishrele, on the other hand, if we don't release him right away, that's also not proper. Why? Kabara Bon and Lamail. The rabbis need him because he's the one who sells the meat. Okay? You know, we're not going to have meat for a whole month? I guess he was the only butcher in the city. Oh, that's an interesting question. What? Good business proposition. Yeah. Butchers always seem to be the ones getting in trouble. You know, always. And out. You know, I remember, <laughs> I remember in Cleveland when I was a little kid, there was a man there was a butcher, very difficult guy to deal with. <laughs> He's going to stay away from that guy. Okay. Amrleh Ravidi Baravin. So Abai then said to Ravidi Baravin, did you, have you heard anything about it? Maybe have you, you know, heard something in your course of studies in your career? Anything about this issue? About someone who we really need their services? Can we get them out earlier? He said, yeah, I did. This is what Rav Tachlifa said. He said, Tut Asar Tut A chauffeur's toot, literally, toot. Okay, the, interestingly, the numeric, the gematria of tut, tes vav tes is 24, which alludes to the 24 occasions when excommunication is imposed. Wow. But the tut, it's also a chauffeur's tut. <laughs> Interesting, you have exactly the oh, tut, right? So just like the chauffeur's tut restricted him, a chauffeur's tut can immediately release him. In other words, it hasn't been 30 days, but if you blow the chauffeur, that proclaims that the excommunication is over. Ah, wait a minute. Omer Le, but Abai said, and this is back to what we just said before. Hani Mili, when do we say, just like we said, if it takes a while to get the guy into excommunication, because it's by monetary issues, as opposed to insulting or chutzpah or things like that, it's right away. So the same thing would apply to reverse. So these words of Shmuel only apply when you're excommunicating somebody for money. Okay, we can resolve that. Avolap kirusa, but here we're talking about showing contempt for the Torah Torah scholar. So Lachur, that might be different. Until the 30 days are up. So Shmuel's rule of toot in, toot out, that's only by monetary issues. Not by degradation of the Torah or the Torah scholars. So what do we see from this story? So Alma, we see, Kasav Rabbi, what does Abai hold? Hani, Bey, Tal, In the case of those three judges who excommunicated an individual, he did not 
suggests the following solution. He did not suggest or even consider the option that three other judges could come and release him. He didn't offer that solution. Rather, only the judges who pronounced the ban are allowed to terminate it. Now, what's, how is that a proof? The proof that Abayah holds this way is in the fact that he, one of the judges who actually knew the butcher, specifically tried to participate personally in lifting the ban. But he didn't. Could it, whatever, weren't able to do it. So it must be uh, that three other judges cannot come and take out the ban. Because why didn't you just do that? Now, and this is all part of a Shiloh that the Gomorrah had, which is the Boilaho. The Gomorrah now goes into this very question. Hani Bay Tilsa the Shamtiu, the three judges who excommunicated the person. Is it possible to have three other judges come and release him? Uh, and then we have to this. And when the times come up, there's a whole discussion. It's it's not just the thirty days ends and done. It's the thirty days ends. Then we got to release him because we got to see if he did tshuva. Okay. So if three judges put him in, so can three. Other judges take him out, or it's got to be the same ones, because you could you could hear the two well, sides of the story. It's automatic. No, it's not automatic. How do you know he's done tshuva? Uh, the did, guy insults a rabbi. He did tshuva. Oh, well, so they have to investigate yeah. it. it. Thirty days, you gotta wait. That's what they're saying. Thirty days, you gotta wait. After thirty days, we gotta call the guy in and see what's the story. Are you sorry? You dish that everything else. Okay, now we could release you. If he doesn't, then it goes on another 30 days. I thought only Hashem knows if he did tshuva. Well, he has to appease. You have to at least yeah. outwardly do it. Listen, we can only deal with what we're dealing with here. The guy went and insulted a rabbi. Now, if the guy says, so you want to say sorry? No. Well, we know he hasn't done tshuva. If he says, okay, you know, for a, for a, for a, you know what? I'm really sorry because I should have insulted you, um, but you know you're not a very smart guy. You know, still not being sincere. They got to know the guy's sincere. Now again, he could fool him, but Bezin only knows what they know. Bezin has to uphold the honor of the Torah, so you uphold the honor of the Torah by saying, you know, like you know, you say, okay, listen, you have to now go in the shul, clap on the bima. You know, between uh, after Kaddish and Musaf, and there's 500 people in shul, and say, I'm really sorry that I insulted the rabbi. It was unbecoming of me. It was disgraceful behavior, and I'm not going to do it again. Now, even if he's playing a show, he surely got embarrassed, and the honor of the Torah was upheld. Even if he doesn't mean a word he said, but next time anybody will think to do that, they will know. They'll be put well, in the What is it if he doesn't mean a word? I don't understand. Then, now he can do it. You ever hear of a politician yeah, in your life? Politicians don't mean anything, they say. Different bad rats. So, yeah, anybody who insults a rabbi is probably as bad as a politician. Right? Yeah. Okay. What? Think about it. What, what would you... The, rab, the rabbi makes a ruling. Now, you don't just go one day and just insult the rabbi. There's always a reason to insult the rabbi. So the rabbi says, you know, uh, don't talk in shul. What? No, you just let him have it. Right? Who is, who's he? Blah, 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 blah. 
So uh, uh, you got you got to say you're sorry, right? And so even if, the point is that the the honor of the Torah was insulted by what? By something he did. So he has to do something to undo it, at least from the public's perspective. It's the public's perspective. If a guy gets away with saying that, then everybody will start disrespecting the rabbis. So therefore, at least outwardly, even if he doesn't mean it, that's between him and God. That's the point, Tony. We can only deal with the public perception and how the status of the rabbinate is now viewed. And if someone insults the rabbis and he isn't done punitively in some way, then uh, that, that is an insult to God and his Torah. Therefore, if he has to be shamed by publicly, um, uh, uh, what do you say, he's sorry, this and that, even if he doesn't mean it, but it undid the damage of the public thing. Anyway, so this is the Shiloh. So you could hear on the one hand, the rabbis who put him in should be the ones who take him out because they were involved intimately in the whole story. And the other, you could say, well, listen, it's for the honor of the Torah. What does it matter, this rabbi or that rabbi? So you could hear the two sides of the coin. So now, let's, that was a Shiloh that they asked. And we just said from this story, it appeared you couldn't have three other people do it. So anyway, so now we get back to, let's see how we decide, can three other rabbis release him or not? Tashma, let's hear a Brysa. Brysa's like this. Menuda Larav, one who's excommunicated to the teacher, is Menuda Talmud, is excommunicated also to the student. Let's say we're speaking about a, a person speaking where it was not contempt, not contempt. Since he committed only an ordinary act of disrespect, he's excommunicated only to the teacher and his students. Okay? Uh, and all the teacher's students, some say the entire city. So it was, in other words, he was disrespectful to this rabbi, but it wasn't such a high level. There's different levels it could be. You know, rabbis and your whole Torah is silly and this and that. But that was specifically the dignity to, uh, it was something to do with the Rebbe, but not to such a case of Afkirusa. Okay, what if Menudah Talmud, what if he's excommunicated to the student? Ain't a Menudah Rav. He's not excommunicated to the teacher. The student's honor was slighted, but the affront did not constitute contempt. So he's not excommunicated to any scholar greater than the insulted student. Okay? So the Rivid refers to the excommunicate under discussion as a partial excommunicate. Menuda lechatsoim. Rivid maintains that the offender is not subject to those restrictions that we talked about before that render needy a form of mourning. Whereas penalized only that the people to whom he is specifically excommunicated must distance themselves from him in order to embarrass him. So it's a, it's a lower level of that. So obviously we see if it's a higher person, then the people below have to treat him that way. If it's a lower person, it doesn't go higher. Menuda le'ira, what if someone was excommunicated to the inhabitants of the city? Menuda le'ira cheres, He's excommunicated to the inhabitants of another city. Why? For committing against them an indignity that does rot, that does not rise to contempt. Uh, same thing. Another city of equal or lesser size. Again, same idea. Treats him with contempt. Obviously, there's something he did on a what's the word a local level. You know, it involved 
a lower level contempt to an entire city. So other cities have to pick up on that of equal or lower population. Menuda le'ir acheres, but one who's excommunicated to the inhabitants of another city, ain't a menuda le'iro, is not excommunicated to inhabitants of his city. In other words, residents of the other city simply lack the authority to excommunicate a person to the residents of his own town as well. However, their excommunication does extend to residents of other cities that are equal in size. But not to his own town? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, that is a, 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 a unless it's a smaller town. Yeah, even so. To residents of uh, interesting, I guess not to your city. In other words, like this: if you're in your city and your city excommunicates you, then okay. other cities. Right. If another city excommunicates, you go to another city and say something uh, bad. They yeah. excommunicate but not you, your city. But, not your but city. the problem is, we just said, that. in other words, if it's starting from your city, okay. it can go to other cities. If it's starting from other cities, it doesn't go to his city. Um, uh, interesting. Um, like, what should be the logic differently? If it was our city, it's in his city. In other words, I guess if he doesn't get along with the people in his city, that's a greater offense. They're not getting along with people from another city. And he has to and he has to live with the people in his city. In they, his city. Things gotta get patched up in his city. He's in his city. He's making trouble in his city. Okay, so he's excommunicating his city and it spills over into okay. other cities of lower value right. that he gets the message. If he's getting in trouble with another city, well yeah. the other city will excommunicate him. But it, it's not it shouldn't have to do with your city. Why? I, I guess it's it not as doesn't rise to the same level of contempt for a stranger. But to other cities that are smaller than the the city that it doesn't belong to, that is okay to be excommunicated. I don't understand that. that so well, I, I think that maybe in his city he knows who are the big people and who are respected rabbis. So he he knows and still he. Disrespected them. Right, so but that's clear. City, but he, them. but we said the first law is that he's excommunicated to other cities as so well. Yeah. yeah, that is okay because yes. he has uh, talked disrespectfully to a big rabbi, for example. Well, no, it's a city; it's not yeah, a rabbi. Yeah, yeah. the whole city. Yeah. To, to to the leaders of the city. Right. So now but he knows those. He, leaders. So we don't say we just leave it there. We, we spread, it out spread it out to equal or smaller cities. Right. Right. But when he's getting in trouble with another city... That's what I'm saying. So when he's in another city, he doesn't know who are the respectful people there. Well, and must have done something. So they have excommunicated him. Yeah, so the, the question is, so why don't we bring it back, back to, to uh, or, or other cities? Yes. It but seems it's only... Uh, that's not logical it, anyway. It, but not to his city. Okay, that's... Uh, not our problem. <coughs> okay, similar idea. Minuda <laughs> lenasi, one who's excommunicated to the nasi. Munurul chal yisrael, he's excommunicated to everybody because everybody is upholded to the nasi. Minuda lechal yisrael, he's excommunicated to all of Israel. Ain't a minuda lenasi. He's not minuda to the nasi. Again, as before, we're talking about a partial excommunication. In other words, it doesn't rise higher to the nasi. All interesting concepts at you know a certain level, but not higher than that. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting okay. scenarios. Reb Shimon Gamliel Omer, Echad Mina Talmidim Shenido Meis. What about one of the students who excommunicated another person, and then he died? <laughs> so, 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 what happens? Chalko ain't no mufer. His portion of ban is not revoked by another. For example, a person was placed in needy by three people, and one of them died. Three rabbis. Now, one of them died. So the remaining two cannot release the excommunion unless the deceased had given permission prior to his demise. He didn't? Wow. Three rabbis excommunicate him. Not one rabbi dies, and he never said anything about how to deal with the guy. Whoa. So now let's see. From all this, let's draw the following. That was the brysa. Let's draw conclusions. We learned three things from this brysa. Shmamina, number one. That Talmud Shenida Lechvodo, if a student who excommunicated another person for his own honor, Niduya Nidui, the excommunication is valid. That was the second case of the Brisa, right? They explained that the, that the student excommunicated someone for slighting his honor, not for transgressing a Torah prohibition. Then everybody has to put him on a ban. Saying that the student, when a student excommunicates someone, it's effective, but not banned to the teacher so but it's still he's excommunicated to everybody else okay that works number one Ushmamina, we also learn call echad vechad mei for chalko that everyone who participated in issuing a ban must revoke his own portion that's by Rev Gamliel's statement if one of the excommunicators died that means everybody has to take care of his portion Ah, but what's the third? Vishmamina. And we also learn Hani Dishmisu from that the three judges who excommunicate him, Lo Asa Three other judges cannot come along and release him. Because it's saying it's never revoked. His portion is never revoked. What do you mean his portion is never revoked? So can't get another three guys to revoke it? No. Obviously not. Ah, so we see from here that if three people put him in, it's got to be the same three people who take him out and not the... Uh, so what was the result with the one that dies? One dies without... Uh, for lifelong. That's, a, that's a big problem. Why can't you settle for the two remainder? Because it's, the three put him in, three got to take him out. Right. But then they should replace... You know, just like, let's say, a, a get. You know, you have to have two. You have two witnesses right. to get married. You need two witnesses to get out. Okay, be but different. Do, yeah. But here, it's the specific rabbis have to be the one. That was the question. So and, he remains excommunicated. That's a, no it's what. a big so problem. Like, wow. that, that, don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Now, this last teaching of the Bryce supports Abaye uh, about... Uh, uh, that that uh, deals with that issue, but the, another Amora learns differently. Amor Meimar, Meimar disagrees. Hilcha, so the law is, Hani Tilsa the Shmitzi, the three who excommunicate him. Yeah. So he disagrees. He says also Tilsa Another three judges can release him as long as they're equal in stature to him. Okay, so he has a different opinion from that. Aye, wait a minute. 
How are we going to argue on a brisa? We just bought a brisa that yeah. seems to say it's yeah. the same guys have to do it. Because yeah. if one guy dies, he remains in here. So how can you say a statement that's contradicted by the brisa? So Amalei Ravasi Lameimar Vahatanya didn't we just say Rav Shimon Gamlu Omer he just said Echad Mina Talmidim Shadidam Eis one of the students who excommunicated him and died Chelkein Amufer his portion does not get nullified My love doesn't it mean Ain Amufer Kol it's never removed he says no that's not what it means it means low no unless another three different judges take it off. In other words, let's say you only have these three judges cannot do it anymore. If one of the guys dies, okay, they these guys can't take him out, but another three guys can take him out. Well, we just said do it now. You have no, to do it's, the same one. That's how you, the, the machlokas, how do you read that line? Yeah. The line says if three people put him in and one died, they can't take him, he doesn't go out. Well, what does it mean? Does it mean he never can go out? Or it so, can't go out by this, this group. Out, you have to have another three. So there's yeah. two ways of understanding that line. Remember, the Bryces are written cryptically. So when they're written cryptically, there's two ways. It doesn't mean he can't get out ever, or he can't get out from these three, because there's only two, and they can't get him out. Okay. So now you have to get a different three to take them out. So there's two different ways of understanding the Brysa. Okay, now let's go back to regular laws of Nidui. Tanarabana, we learn in a brice. Uh, how long does it it does it go? A nidui, a nidui ban is not pachas milamid yom. It's not less for thirty days. Now, there's two ways to understand the statement. The Ravid says it means a standard nidui is for thirty days. However, it may be rescinded within that time if the excommunicate. Uh, you know, t- takes care of the mess. He he pays back the injured party. He asks the court to release him. He makes amends. Okay, so it could go less than thirty days. He doesn't make amends. The ban nonetheless terminates after thirty days, provided the excommunicate petitions the court for his release. If he fails to do even that, he remains in a state of nidui. So it comes out the nidui is like a punishment. So its termination after 30 days is not contingent on appeasement, much as additional lashes are not given when one remains unrepentant after receiving the required amount. Look at this. A guy does a avera, let's say he hates chalev. He was warned, he said, I'm doing it anyway. So they gave him 39 lashes. And he says, you know what? And I'm not sorry. And, I, and next time I go to a restaurant, I may do it again. Now, they don't lash him again 39 lashes. Until he does it. Until he actually does it. So, therefore, this way is learning that the 30-day is a punishment. But you don't necessarily have to have everything fixed up. He has to at least ask the Besson to release him. But he doesn't necessarily have to make total amends of everything. Besson could say, we're not going to release you. It depends on how much is. That's one way. Second interpretation is that where the ban was imposed for contemptuous behavior, it can never be prematurely rescinded, even if appeasement is made. This accords with a bias of you. So we have two understandings of saying it's not less than 30 days. And there's no quote-unquote rebuke, we'll see what that means, that's less than seven days. 
It's a state of rebuke for one who incurs the displeasure of his teacher or great person. It is not a form of nidui that the rebuked individual is not with all the needy restrictions. He must behave as one who has been humiliated by his superior by confining himself to his quarters, avoiding people and minimizing his business and social activities. Termination of Zifa is not contingent on appeasement or formal release since the humbling experience is itself an appeasement. Let's say a rabbi gives, you know, says, says you, know, you know, that was not a good thing you just did. You know, you, you made a comment. You know, a guy makes a comment in front of the rabbi. Rabbi speaking, the guy makes a comment, everybody laughs at the rabbi. The rabbi gives him. <laughs> That's needle. You know, when he gives it out, look, that means you're, you're, you're in the doghouse. Uh, and then uh, seven days, and that's all you have to take care of that. Okay, so we've got Nidui, which isn't less than 30, and Nazib, which is seven. Tomorrow we'll look at the proofs on the Psukim to show that idea. All right. Uh,